morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Tuesday, January 5th. Before we get into some sports today, a couple of quick notes on the show. Uh, the Gold Standard, our Nashville Predators podcast, will be coming out every Wednesday for the foreseeable future, and we're going to move our Fringe Element SEC football podcast to every Thursday. So I wanted to make sure you guys heard about that. Also, we will have a special announcement coming up tomorrow on the Wednesday edition of the 440, so make sure you're tuned in. Now, off we go to sports. Let's get started today with some Titans-Ravens talk. And to get our first opinion on the playoff matchup coming up this weekend, we bring in Mike Herndon, host of Football and Other F-Words podcast from Broadway Sports Media, out every Tuesday, of course, that's today, on the 440 Sports Network to argue about A.J. Brown with me, and more importantly, to give us a sense of how different this particular matchup will be than the game between Tennessee and Baltimore last month or last year in the playoffs. The Titans and Ravens, it, it almost felt like it was destined to be this way. They're coming back together again. The rivalry is definitely back on uh, after the incidents with the last game at midfield and everything. So I think it's a different matchup for sure. The Ravens are hot right now, no doubt about that. Yes, they've played a bunch of tomato cans the past uh, month or so. I mean, they're they're knocking off the Bengals. They're blowing out uh, you know other terrible football teams for the most part. The offense is definitely clicking, though. So I, I think you've got to be a little bit concerned that the offense looks way different than it did coming into the Titans game when they played earlier this season. And the defense will have Brandon Williams and Clays Campbell, who are two key parts of the middle of that defense that the Titans really exploited the last time these two teams played. So those pieces, plus an offense that is in form right now, I think brings a very different dynamic to this matchup. That being said, of the teams that the Titans could have played, I think Baltimore, even with Lamar Jackson playing better recently, is least equipped to really take advantage of the Titans' biggest weakness, which is that pass defense. So I I think it's a matchup that is – we've seen the Titans have a little bit of an upper hand in, even when the Ravens were red hot last year coming into the playoffs. So I think it's a great matchup. I'm excited to see it again. Um, You know, I know a lot of people don't like to see rematch after rematch, but I think this one's fun. I I think it's a a styles make fights kind of uh, matchup and and these two teams really match up well against each other. I think we're in for a, a fun game. Mike, obviously everybody's focused on Derrick Henry right now, rightly so, but I'd like to argue with you about A.J. Brown for a second, if, if we can. Uh, we don't get to debate much on the show. So first of all, give us your stance on A.J. Brown, and then I will give you a counterpoint. So my, my stance on A.J. Brown is that right now today, he is the best receiver that the Titans have had since they moved to Nashville. I'm not going all the way back into the Oilers stuff. I think you can make arguments for uh, Drew Hill and, and some of those guys. I think A.J. Brown right now, I think he's eclipsing Derek, Derek Mason as we're watching him. I, I think he's that good. He's dominant. He's played hurt all year this year, and he's still putting up huge numbers. He, you know, he's, he's gone over 1,000 yards. He's got 11 touchdowns, which is the most of the Titans era, uh, of a Titans era tying group in it. The clutch factor, he makes the big plays when they have to have him. It, he does everything. I, I think A.J. Brown, he's only going to go up from here, right? I, at least that's my opinion. So I, maybe this is a little bit projection but I really think he's there right now. I think he's, he's the best right now. I, I think he's the most physically gifted player that the Titans have ever had at that position. Nothing like A.J. Brown. Like A.J. Brown is the most physically talented wide receiver that the Titans have ever had, and I'm okay saying that. But I think you have to do it for longer than two seasons 
to sort of be considered the, the, the best or the greatest and however you want to decide and determine that term. You know, he was huge, obviously, against the Texans. You, you talk about being clutch. There's, there's no question about that. My argument against A.J. Brown being the best is he just hasn't done it for long enough. And to me, Mike, that's a part of greatest or best or whatever is the ability to do it over time. That, that would be my argument against calling him the best receiver in Titans history because other guys have done it for longer Devontae Adams had more catches this year than A.J. Brown's had in his entire career. So I think he needs to – there needs to be more of it. Yeah. But, but I think if you said could be, will be, might be, is going to be, you know, I think those those phrases land on me just fine. I don't think he's the best just yet. That would be my argument. Yeah, I, and I think that's fair. I, I think Mason – you know, going back, he he definitely put up some big numbers. He had three seasons in his career that are statistically, at least from a yardage standpoint, better than what Brown has put up in, in his first two years. But Brown does have two of the top 22 yardage seasons in Titans franchise history already. He's also putting up touchdown numbers at a rate that Derek Mason never did. So I think, you know, from a touchdown scoring standpoint, Brown's certainly already better. He's, he's a better red zone target. He's a better big play guy. You know, Brown is also in an offense that features a lot more weapons, I think, than what Mason ever played in. Mason played. Drew Bennett was fine. You know, he, he had one really, really good season, but he never played with a Corey Davis level talent opposite him. And he never played in an offense that was force feeding the run like the Titans current offenses. So I, I think the numbers that Brown has put up with limited opportunity, you mentioned the catches, I think the lack of catches or the lack of targets is almost an argument in Brown's favor right now. If he was being force-fed more opportunities, I think the sky's the limit. I think he could put up 1,500, 1,600-yard seasons. Special thanks to Mike Herndon from Football and Other F-Words podcast from Broadway Sports Media out today. Make sure you check that show out. I think those are all really, really good arguments. And frankly, I, I actually kind of agree that A.J. Brown will be eventually the greatest receiver in Titans history if he just plays a normal career and is healthy. But I do believe you have to be in the position and doing it for longer than two seasons to be considered maybe the greatest or the best of all time at something. And, and you could also argue that some of those guys – Different era back in the early 2000s when Derek Mason was playing. I think, you know, underselling Eddie George being force-fed the football and those those offenses that were very, very run-heavy to some degree. So, uh, really good discussion with Mike. Always love talking to him. Again, make sure you check out Football and Other F-Words podcast every single Tuesday right here on the 440 Sports Network. Of course, brought to you by Broadway Sports Media. The Heisman Trophy ceremony is tonight as the coolest award in all of sports will be handed out virtually on ESPN at 6 p.m. Central Time. The four finalists are Alabama's Mac Jones and wide receiver Devontae Smith, Florida's quarterback Kyle Trask, and Clemson's Trevor Lawrence. We already know that Najee Harris has finished fifth in the final voting. I am not allowed to give out my ballot until after the ceremony, but based on the Vegas odds on who's going to win, I will likely have some explaining to do on Wednesday's show. Jones feels like the long shot of the finalist, and Smith is the odds-on favorite to be named college football's most outstanding player. Here's the most interesting thing to remember. All of these guys are worthy. Jones's efficiency numbers are off the charts. Smith has been extraordinary. Trask posted the best numbers of anyone and won his division with far less support around him than any of the Bama guys. And Trevor Lawrence is still the best player in college football. I cannot wait to see how the first place votes break down and how many ballots each of these guys was left off of. This has been as balanced a race for the stiff arm trophy as I can remember, and there should be some genuine intrigue on Tuesday evening.
The Nashville Predators opened camp on Monday for the 2021 season, which means there was a real-life hockey event that took place that we can talk about. And there were a few notable absences. New winger Luke Cunnan did not practice because his contract is still not yet finalized. New centerman Eric Howla didn't participate because of his new baby. Fine, I guess we'll give him a pass on that one. And Mikhail Granlin is still waiting on an immigration issue to be resolved, so plenty of reasons for those guys not to be at the first practice of the year. But of note, Matt Duchesne, Matthias Ekholm, Matt Benning, Mark Borvietsky were all, quote, unfit for practice, end quote. This term, unfit for practice, is a catch-all blanket term in 2021 that includes basically all of the things, injuries or COVID or a maintenance day or whatever. It doesn't necessarily mean anything official about an injury one way or the other. It just simply means they were not on the ice during that particular practice in training camp. But it is still something to keep an eye on since training camp will last all of like 10 days. The Preds will practice Tuesday and Wednesday, and we'll have a scrimmage on Friday evening. A reminder, the regular season begins in Smashville on January 14th against the Columbus Blue Jackets. In other hockey news, the Predators AHL affiliate, the Milwaukee Admirals, announced on Monday that they were opting out of the entire 2021 season, citing that the lack of fans and subsequent revenue would be too difficult to manage. Milwaukee is the third AHL franchise to opt out, joining Charlotte and Springfield, It's tough news for the franchise, and now all of the Predators' prospects who don't make the six-man taxi squad will need to find a place to play this year. They will likely find a home with another franchise temporarily for this season. But man, just add the entire Preds' farm system opting out to the list of things that has been totally changed and affected by COVID. Special thanks to Mike Herndon from Broadway Sports Media for giving us a few minutes of his time. Obviously, thank you guys all for listening. Please share the show. Just tell one person. It means a whole lot to me. And stay tuned tomorrow. We've got a really cool announcement coming for you guys. We're very excited about. So rate, review, and subscribe. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. This has been the 440 for Tuesday, January 5th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler. Mm-hmm.